Welcome to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors, your voice for real estate. I'm Charlie Hinderleiter, Director of Government Affairs for St. Louis Realtors. And today we are joined by Kim Sella, the Executive Director of Citizens for Modern Transit. Kim, thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Charlie. Thanks for having me. On St. Louis Realtors policy agenda, we have transportation funding as one of our priorities. And transit is called out specifically in that. And a lot of the advocacy work that St. Louis Realtors does in the world of transit is done through Citizens for Modern Transit. In fact, I serve on the board of CMT on behalf of St. Louis Realtors. So, Kim, talk to us a little bit about why transit is important. So, first of all, I want to thank you, Charlie, and the Realtors for being one of our critical partners on the Citizens for Modern Transit Board of Directors. As the Regional Transit Advocacy Organization, it is really important to us that we demonstrate a broad depth of support for public transit in our communities because, you know, one of our taglines from long ago is whether you use it or not, everyone needs public transit. And and I do think that that is a critical statement with regards to the mission of the organization. You know, we were established in 1985 to bring light rail to St. Louis and to work and support and enhance programming initiatives to ensure that we have this safe, connected, high-quality system in the region. And we do. We have a world-class system. And a lot of times, the focus is solely on that trip. You know, where do you need to go, which is critical Public transit is key to access in our communities, accessing jobs, education, healthcare, and goods and services. But there's much, so much more about public transit and its benefits that I think it's really important. We have partners like the realtors. You know, its influence goes well beyond getting people from point A to point B. It also promotes social equity, it stimulates development, it helps establish safer neighborhoods, it increases property values, it expands connections. And it really does provide economic returns and position the St. Louis region right now as we come out of this pandemic for recovery and growth. And Kim, you make a couple of great points there that, you know, when somebody buys that nice new home, it's important they can get to where they want to go, whether that's work, school, or all the places in the region they want to enjoy. That's exactly right, Charlie. I mean, what we're seeing right now in the pandemic, you guys are the experts on this, but we're seeing housing sales up exponentially. And and what does that mean for the transit market? Well, during the pandemic, we've seen a significant dip in transit ridership. But as people start to rethink about what their workday looks like, are some people going to be staying at home and working from home, does that mean they can reduce their number of cars in their household by one or more? Does that make transit more important in a lifestyle choice like that? As as our essential workers continue to go to work and they've continued throughout the entire pandemic, transit has remained a critical access point for them. So I, I think that there's a lot that we can be looking at in the future moving forward and the role that transit can play. And it does go well beyond just that ride from point A to point B. And Kim, you make a great point about those essential workers. And that was certainly true both during the pandemic and before, is that even if we don't personally take mass transit, a lot of the folks that we may interact with, whether that's the folks working at a nursing home, whether that's folks working at a grocery store, um, it's some of those essential people that are out there that are using transit to get to and from those jobs. Uh, So that's important from an economic development perspective, in addition, just that workforce piece. 
That's right. I mean, if you look at the St. Louis system, Charlie, the highest ridership station is the Central Weston station. Well, why is that? Because you have 24-7 operations with BJC and Washington University Medical Center right there. And a lot of their employees and staff are using public transit to get there, not to mention their patients and their clientele and their customers. I mean, it's a perfect example of the critical role that transit plays. We can see the impact of public transit in the Central Corridor. Look at areas like the Central West End and Midtown around the Cortex Station, and they're booming. And we would we would argue that public transit and Metrolink and the connecting bus system in those areas are most definitely playing a critical role in that. Kim, talk to us just briefly about transit-oriented development and how transit can play a role in how properties are developed here in the St. Louis region. So, so there's lots of opportunities in the St. Louis market. We talked about we have 38 stations. And what you see in other cities is that the light rail system or the public transit system can help drive development as a catalyst for development, as a, as a tool for development in those communities. And, and we see a little bit of it in the St. Louis region, but we have lots more opportunity out there. Um, there are a lot of stations that are still looking that are surrounded by a sea of parking, let's say, Charlie, and, and they are, but the opportunity is there for a higher and better use for many of those parking stations. And, you know, Citizens for Modern Transit is just dipping its toes right now with its placemaking pilot into some of this development around transit. And we're not just focused on the Metrolink stations. We're also focused on Metro bus stops. So we have been working in partnership with AARP in St. Louis to raise awareness about the opportunities of placemaking around transit. And, and that's really the concept that transforms places people simply pass through en route to a different destination into active engaging corridors that really connect individuals and neighborhoods at the same time engaging them, having an element of play, creating spaces that are safer and more secure. And so we began that initiative in 2019. We opened our first project in 2020 in Maplewood at the Maplewood Metro bus stop at the corner of Manchester and Marshall Avenue. And what we saw was a dramatic change from what was a rundown stop that had very little usage into a vibrant space that had new shelters and gliders and a bench and lighting and better sight lines to improve visibility, safety, and security. But also, this transit stop became much more a part of the fabric of the community. What we saw is the city of Maplewood considers it the front porch to their to their downtown area. We also saw that individuals as well as transit riders were happier to be there. They were happier to stay and sit and enjoy the space, not just as a pass-through, but as something that, that really was vibrant and a part of the community. And, you know, we continue to look at other stops. We just opened our second space in East St. Louis at the Emerson Park Transit Center. That one opened in August of this year. And, and that's another example, a completely different design. We activated the space between where someone would get on the bus and the entrance to the Metrolink station. But this one was in partnership with AARP, Metro Transit, the St. Clair County Transit District, and, and I think your partner in Illinois, the Southwestern Illinois Realtors Association. 
And it converted this gray slate of concrete into this interactive, playful, engaging space that really boasts the history of music in East St. Louis, while at the same time providing amenities for transit riders, benches and shade, as well as for the first time, we have a station that has an auditory component. We piped in jazz music for the entire time that the station is open each day. So, you know, there are, there are tons of opportunities. It could be a millions and millions of dollar development around public transit, or it could be these small placemaking efforts that really are a catalyst for something bigger. So I think that the opportunities in this market are out there and hopefully people are starting to pay attention and see that. That was long-winded. I apologize, Charlie, but we're very excited about the opportunities for development around public transit. Kim, as a Maplewood resident, I get to enjoy that placemaking in Maplewood regularly. And I got to say that is just such a cool space and certainly a great improvement over what that used to look like. Um, and we're excited that folks from Illinois Realtors were able to plug in to your second placemaking grant. And certainly we'll be looking for opportunities as CMT goes forward with more placemaking efforts to see if there's a place St. Louis Realtors uh, might be able to plug into that. So we hope that you'll be interested. We have identified three more spots, one in Illinois at the Belleville station that is committed in moving forward. But for the St. Louis Realtors, North Hanley, as well as a potential bus stop in the College Hill neighborhood. So we will be calling you, Charlie, and your associates to see if there's any interest there. Fantastic. And St. Louis Realtors has had some great success with some placemaking efforts over the last few years. With the help of the National Association of Realtors, St. Louis was able to do a pocket park in North St. Louis City back in 2017, as well as creating another park in North St. Louis City a couple of years later. So placemaking certainly something uh, that we find value in, uh, certainly as our members value and understand the importance of place. Well, we would love to have your expertise on any of the next stops moving forward on the Missouri side. And, and don't worry, we'll be calling your friends at Southwestern Illinois Realtors for our Belleville stop as well. Fantastic. So Kim, talk to us a little bit. What does advocacy look like for citizens for modern trans here in the St. Louis region? What's interesting about that, Charlie, is over the last couple of years, I like to say that we have moved our advocacy to action. So the placemaking program is a perfect example of where we have actually taken our advocacy and we are putting permanent infrastructure changes on the streets in the St. Louis region, which we think are impacting the whole idea of public transit and what a bus stop or what a what a, a light rail stop can look like. But other ways that we move our advocacy in the action is, you know, one of the issues facing the system right now is ridership. Ridership is down significantly during the pandemic. And CMT has been very creative in creating programming around public transit to hopefully increase ridership on the system. For example, we have our 10 Toe Express program that introduces active older adults to public transit on a 12-week session in the spring and the fall. They're pretty much uh, tourists in our own town, we like to say. But a key component is that they're using public transit and their own 10 toes walking to get to any of these numerous destinations that they have been over the last 11 years since we initiated that program. And it is highly successful. And what we find is that some of our 10 toers are the best advocates for public transit out there. So 
we are creating a force of advocates in the community through some of our programming. Another one is the Try and Write program. And I think this program is critical moving forward. We talked a little bit about people's um, commuting habits or changes are changing. And, and what does that look like? The Try and Write program is a two-month program based on a program out of Europe where Citizens for Modern Transit will cover the first month of fare. We will provide a personalized route for people from their home to work. And we will also give them tips and tricks on how to ride. The second month, we will work with them to see if their employers offer discounted transit passes. We'll give them the guaranteed ride home in case of emergencies. And, and what it does is by committing to this two-month time frame, we find that you, if you encountered maybe a hurdle the first week or two, if you're not familiar with public transit at all, that two-month time frame gives people the opportunity to really get to know the system, get to learn how to use public transit, how to how to pay for their fare, how to have a ticket validated, where to stand to catch the bus, how to ride the Metrolink system, all of those little things, the ins and outs of using public transit, they're able to learn and figure out over that two-month period. And our survey data shows us, Charlie, that 72% of those individuals who give public transit a try for the try and ride are sticking with it after that, which is a huge, huge significant step in the right direction in our minds, because that's part of using public transit in this market are the perceptions and the potential perceived hurdles of using it. And so by giving people incentives, by paying for their first month and getting them out there and getting them trying transit, it makes a world of difference. The, a couple other ways that we're moving our advocacy into action, you know, I think one of the things that this region has been focused on for so long for more than five years is safety and security. So we are working on a quarterly basis with our security partners, Metro Transit, Public Safety, St. Louis County officers, St. Louis City officers, and St. Clair County Sheriff's Districts, as well as other partners in the community like Metro Transit, like the St. Clair County Transit District, like AARP and UMSL on creating what we call community engagement events on a quarterly basis around public transit. For example, this Thursday, we're going to be out on the system passing out Cracker Jacks, which seems a little crazy. But the whole idea is we're putting these public safety officers out there to engage with the riding mark public for them to talk about the benefits of public transit. And it's a different it's a different way for them to interact with the riders. The Cracker Jacks will have a message on it about how public transit isn't just a home run to getting to the Cardinals games, but it's an also a home run for the work commute. And we'll be promoting that try and write program that I just talked about. The other way that we're moving this advocacy into action is we are really taking steps on the state level. We are managing the Missouri Public Transit Association, which is the association that represents all 34 transit providers in the state of Missouri. So it has elevated the voice of Citizens for Modern Transit at the state level, which is really critical because the state of Missouri is so far behind when it comes to investment in public transit. We're 46 in the country. You know, per capita, we're looking at 28 cents per person investment in public transit. It's 
pennies of some of our providers' uh, massive transit budget. So it's it's really important that that advocacy that we're doing at the state level brings in all of our partners, for example, like the St. Louis Realtors and others who have made public transit a priority as well. And that state investment is really critical moving forward as we look at the national front and what does the new infrastructure bill look like and these COVID relief funding. So I know I, I've gone on and on, but I think those are just some examples of really moving our advocacy building grassroots support, helping build back ridership, addressing public safety, looking at placemaking into actionable roles. And Kim, you're building community. That's one of the things that I I think we don't think about normally is that these are communities. They just happen to live on the rails. So it's how do you engage with that community and build a sense of community? That's really cool that you guys are doing that. Thank you. And, And I think you're absolutely right. Again, it goes back to that mantra, whether you ride it or not, the St. Louis region needs public transit. So whether you are getting on each day or your child is or your workers are or someone who is assisting you is, it's really critical that that system be a world class system and work for as many people as possible. All right. Kim, you mentioned some of the new federal relief funding. Yes, I think that we are really, really in a unique situation right now under the current administration. You know, you have the president, the secretary of transportation and Congress have all stepped up to expand infrastructure and are addressing this new infrastructure bill. But what's really even more important than that. Over the last 18 months, we have seen three COVID relief packages that have delivered hundreds of millions of dollars in transit investment, Charlie. What we saw in Missouri alone is that Missouri transit providers, there's 34 of them, received a little more than $600 million in public transit funding out of those three bills that can be used for operating or capital, which is critical right now, considering on an annual basis last year, they were allocated $1.7 million from the state of Missouri to be split among 34 providers. So we really are in a unique situation right now. The COVID relief bills have helped stop the bleeding from the pandemic. You have loss of fare revenue because ridership is down. We had, um, you know, shortage of operators is another issue that they're facing right now. Not to mention, for example, in the city of St. Louis, the St. Louis region, by state draws a significant portion of its funding from local sales tax. Well, over the, over the last 16, 17 months, we've seen that the sales tax revenues are down because people are under stay-at-home orders. So what it has done is helped shore up our transit agencies and help them to look to the future. But again, there is that key missing component of state funding and state investment in public transit that we'll be addressing. But there's also this opportunity. Congress is now working on this infrastructure bill. It expires this week. We're hoping to see a vote today, tomorrow, to see where we can move with that. And what we've seen in all of the drafts so far, the proposed bills, is that public transit funding is increased in those bills. Some of them are actually showing over a 40% increase in funding for capital, in the grant funding programs for operations, but also new funding 
for a critical area that's all about disadvantaged communities and impacting access to transportation and housing, which apply, which I know that you guys are interested in. So how do you connect transit access and housing in those disadvantaged communities? Fantastic. Kim, let's wrap up by pivoting from that national conversation that's been so important to what's been happening here regionally in St. Louis. Talk to us a little bit more about why there might be optimism as we look ahead in the St. Louis region when it comes to transit. Well, I think we have, I'm going to put my Pollyanna hat on now, Charlie, but I think the future of transit is, looks really good right now. We just hosted our annual meeting last week, and our keynote was the were the elected officials from this region, County Executive Dr. Sam Page, the City of St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones, as well as our MPO Executive Director Jim Wilde of the East West Gateway Council of Governments. And the keynote title was The Future of Transit is Rooted in Regional Collaboration. And we do have an opportunity here. One corridor that has been identified for decades now is the North Side, South Side corridor. And it gets back to a little bit about transit, not just being about the ride from point A to point B, but also the development opportunities. And we know that there are opportunities in North City and North County. And what we heard at the annual meeting is that the city and the county and our MPO are ready to work together on a public transit project and no longer discuss these in siloed conversations, a city project versus a county project versus an Illinois project. We have an opportunity here. We just talked about it. We're in a unique situation with regard to federal funding and this new infrastructure bill coming along. And we will score so much better and do much better if we submit a project that is a regional project versus a siloed project of city versus county or Illinois versus Missouri. We know that public transit can cross all of those political boundaries with ease, without issue. So that's why what we were hearing from them at the annual meeting, it was really important for us to take note that they were talking on the same page. The opportunities are there. And I think that the the regional leadership is potentially ready to move forward again. Well, Kim, that's fantastic news. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Charlie, for having me. And we look forward to working with you in the very near future on some placemaking projects around transit, as well as thank you again for serving on the CMT board and helping us to broaden the the support in the community for public transit. If anyone is interested in finding out more about Citizens for Modern Transit, check out our website at cmt-stl.org to find out more information or feel free to shoot us an email. I'm Danielle Finley, and this is Realtor Party Talk, a brief segment with members like you discussing advocacy issues and the importance of the Realtor Political Action Committee, or RPAC. Joining me today is Nate Johnson with Red Key Realty St. Louis and is past president of Missouri and St. Louis Realtors. Why are you an RPAC major investor? Well, thanks for having me today. I'll tell you, it is, I, I realize the importance of RPAC. The Realtor Political Action Committee does so much for our industry. I mean, just in our state alone, I can think of several initiatives that would not have been possible if not for our investments in RPAC. As a realtor, I realize that because real estate's my industry, politics is my business. You just listen to Realtor Party Talk. 
thank you for listening to Real Time Real Estate, a podcast brought to you by St. Louis Realtors. Join us next time for more on real estate news, trends, and industry insights. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. St. Louis Realtors, your voice for real estate.